Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I have Wayne Richard himself. Welcome to the show, Wayne. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate the time to chat. Awesome to have you here. Awesome to have you here. You're like me. You're you're a fellow uh, management addict or a fellow management. Uh, <laughs> um, what do you call that? Philosoph. That sounds good, doesn't it? Absolutely. So um, Wayne, I brought you on 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 the podcast episode today because I'm very intrigued about your your experience and so on, and obviously I've I've seen what what you guys have have done. Um, so why, why don't you do an introduction of yourself for the audience and for those of you who doesn't know you so that sure. they can get to So I'm a former corporate climber, a management accountant turned entrepreneur. I spent just over 15 years with Hewlett Packard before starting my own boutique cloud accounting firm in Tucson, Arizona. And as fate in the internet would have it, I was introduced to Bean Ninjas via a blog post. So now about two years later, my involvement with Bean Ninjas has grown from one small comment on a blog to first a contractor role with the firm to now an equity stake and full-time role within the firm as a partner. I focus primarily on leading both our sales team and global operations. So Bean Ninjas specializes in cloud-based bookkeeping and financial training using Zero to online businesses. We support a large number of e-commerce, SaaS, and also um, different coaching service-based businesses. Our team is now at 17 team members, and we're spread across Australia, the US, the UK, Europe, Japan, and also in the Philippines. Awesome. So you're, you're getting a lot of the cultural experience in close. Absolutely. Quite a broad team. So it brings unique perspectives and exciting team meetings. That's really cool. Really cool win. So um, what's, what's your sort of high-level management philosophy? When you, when you think management, what's sort of your mindset around it? Yeah, I I guess I kind of list myself uh, as a hybrid between a visionary and a coach. I believe that to manage people effectively, you need to invest time to understand what it is you want for them to do, to document those roles and those expectations, as well as communicate them clearly, to inspire the team really to rally around what that vision will deliver. Um, I also believe that management is done first by example and not by command. It's really just living out the values and setting an example that you expect to be followed by your team or that you would hope that they would follow. And a lot of it's done by getting clear, uh, really upfront on what your mission is. Again, setting those expectations and letting the team just get to work within their own teams, uh, I guess until they fall off track. And I'm always open to listening 
to my team for new and better ways uh, around getting the actual work done. And I'm okay with changing the approach if a better idea is presented. And I guess that really goes into the visionary. Regarding the coaching philosophy, it really comes from my passion for teaching and watching my individual performers grow into leaders within our team and having us all working against a common goal. So at Beam Ninjas, our core values are freedom, always growing, and trust. And really, for me, it's about committing uh, to finding those individuals that exemplify those values. Awesome. That sounds like, uh, yeah, that sounds amazing. And uh, probably not far from, from where I stand management-wise. So that's very interesting. So uh, that's good. What do you generally enjoy the most? And you might already have answered this, but what do you enjoy the most about managing people? Yeah, I'd say it's really the leadership and development piece. I think when, when you can identify in your team, in your team members, their best talents, and also help them identify the gaps to really dig in and support and help them understand how they can position themselves toward strengthening those areas where they may need a little bit of work, but also just really uh, relying upon them to work against those talents that they bring to the team to help offset really what might be weaknesses within your own um, within your own skill sets. Yep. That makes total sense. That makes total sense. And um, yeah, that, that's good. I mean, I, I, I look at it from a similar perspective. Like I, I love finding the, I call them dark horses, but you know, I, I love finding those people who have a lot of passion and drive, but you know, who maybe haven't had the money for the education or have had a, had some shit situations or whatever. Uh, and and I love when you when you give people the opportunity to grow and they really just, you know, you give them a finger and they grab an arm and a leg and uh, you know right. they just they just climb much faster than anyone expects and that's uh, I, I totally love that feeling as well. Absolutely. So okay, what what's the biggest challenge that you have ever overcome from a management standpoint and and how did you deal with that? Yeah, so I spoke a little bit about vision and and. I think one of the biggest challenges is just maintaining integrity and confidence in that vision when you face setbacks. Uh, and then also leading the team through those difficult charges. Uh, an example is recently uh, we've worked through a shift in how we were rolling out our service delivery model and supporting the client base that we had on, but it was in, support of really our goals to allow for quicker growth and to better manage the increased demand. And what it meant was like difficult conversations around what that restructuring meant to certain team members. Uh, and really that to me, it's, it's just maintaining that integrity and confidence in that vision when things are tough has, has always been the biggest challenge. That uh, resonates a lot. So, I, I, particularly the integrity point, right? Like, particularly from from my stand as a management coach, you know, uh, I, I'm supposed to know everything and do everything the right way, and you know, sometimes real life strikes. So, so that's uh, that that definitely uh, rings a bell. What about uh, 
what about uh, like how, how do you go about identifying like tomorrow's leaders and the, the next managers and, and that kind of thing in your organization? Like, do you have a framework for that or how, how do you best do that? So we're still quite early stage. And I believe for us, the true leaders identify themselves and they do that through their actions, their work ethic and their commitment towards standing behind you when you're charging up this hill you know, in, in the quest to achieving that mission that you've set forth as a company. And it's those that are standing closer, right, closer behind you that really have identified themselves that we look upon to then start introducing more leadership opportunities to. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So when when you then have managers reporting to you but both new ones but also more experienced like what what do you actually do to make sure they perform as managers as well because obviously some people are very similar to yourself but there's also people who manage and and work very differently from yourself so how how do you make sure that that the team reporting to you become very good managers right so i think to effectively manage managers you really need to work on identifying two things. And first, that's, are they performing against their individual goals and expectations? Because as I mentioned, I lead, you know, really as, as an example, and I need to know that my leaders are also role models within their teams. And secondly, it's really around, are they effectively supporting their teams? I do this by spending time with them in weekly one-on-ones and also in our team leader meetings where we really let them share their challenges, uh, knowledge share victories. And for me, it's really listening with empathy, having that opportunity based on my career to say, hey, I've been through that and advising them rather than dictating or micromanaging what I believe should be their next move. And really, it's just about empowering your leaders to make decisions and supporting them along the way until perhaps they may have made a decision that, you know, is at a detriment to, to the company as a whole. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And when, when you look at yourself as a manager, and, and sometimes this can be hard, but, but when you look at your own style, what do you feel is very unique that you do compared to other business owners and managers that you see out there? Wow, man, that's a great one. I really don't know that I have a unique management style, but I'll say it's just naturally in my personality to really get to know my direct reports, my team managers, my team. And and I wanna know more than just how they perform against the task that I've assigned to them. I'm interested in knowing a bit about their interest outside of work. I'm interested in being a global team in their travels. I'm interested in their culture and getting to know a bit more about not just what particularly, you know, are the things that they value, but if I can understand culturally that, hey, these are things that are valued within these cultures, I can make the assumptions that they're probably also valued within my team and begin to 
reward and recognize them in, in those manners. So really, I guess it's just um, stepping down from that, what some might see as pedestal and walking alongside my teams and really getting to know them as, as people more than just as, you know, an, an employee or someone I have on payroll. That, that makes total sense. And, and every time people mention one-to-ones and weekly one-to-ones, I get super excited because it's, it's one of the things I, I preach nonstop, right? Uh, so that's, uh, yeah, the, nothing more important than building great relationship with your staff. Absolutely. I'm, I'm interested too, what are some of the suggestions you make and how to create a, a discussion that's not just a, a routine checklist of did you get your task done or did you not get your task done to help kind of make a more valuable one-on-one? Yeah, so basically, I mean, the framework I usually use is 10-10-10, right? And, and the best way I've found is, is if your employees actually get the expectation set up front, that's really important. So basically, the 30 minutes weekly one-to-one is split into 10 minutes for them. And really, they can talk about whatever they want to talk about, right? Yeah. The, the next 10 minutes is for you and that's all about performance and how's it going and this project and that project and all your stuff. And then the last 10 minutes is about their development, right? So that's, right. that's high level wise how I split it down. Now, the thing is some people prefer spending their 10 minutes talking about business because they are very task oriented and you know they, they don't feel it's necessarily relevant to talk a ton about private and, and that's okay. The, the, the key thing that I always find is when people get used to the format and when they know they have 10 minutes to talk about their stuff, what that does is when they have something to talk about that's outside work, they feel much more comfortable bringing it up, right? Right, So Absolutely. that's for, for me, that, that's, been, that's been an absolute key thing with this um, to be able to, to get the right results from that, right? Sounds good. We do, we do something where we tend to spend a bit of time on hyping gripes. So I tend to ask people, what are you hyped about? What are some of the victories and some of the wins? And then beyond that, we'll cover a little bit of the gripes too. I'm interested in understanding where are you challenged? What are some of those roadblocks that perhaps I, within my role, have an opportunity to address and, and remove from them being bigger obstacles down the road for you? And as you shared too, I tend to be uh, pretty loose with my team in terms of the 10 minutes up front spent on what, what are probably non-work or tangents. Um, and, and I do feel like that just camaraderie that's built. Then, you know, it's, it's like the, the idea of, you know, jab, jab, jab. If you're continuing to just get to know people and building a relationship. Then when it is time to have a big ask for them to step up or for them to, to execute what could be challenging things, those asks are a lot easier because of the rapport that's been built over time. Totally, totally. And, and I mean, I, I look at it from two angles. They're definitely both a big ask, but the, the one thing that I'm always super super keynote is always bringing down attrition and when it does happen knowing as fine advance as possible and yeah. those are two things like when i work corporate with ibm with with my management team like 
to be honest, that was probably the key metric, right? So I would basically judge managers on how far up front did they know people were leaving, right? Mm -hmm. Because realistically, the better relationship you have with people, the sooner they will tell you, oh, I'm considering going in six months, right? And generally, my experience is if you don't have a good relationship, they will tell you, like if their resignation period is a month, they will tell you at one month before on the day, right? And like I found that a very good uh, measurement of how great a relationship managers generally have with their staff, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so my next one, and that's one of my favorites. So we, we aren't all perfect. And, and for me, that's really, really important, right? So what are you currently working on changing and improving in your business? Like what, what do you really feel you can do better right now? Yeah, so I think it's, it's part of the struggle for most growing, fast-paced organizations where you're so focused on investments in that growth and setting those systems in place, you know, that, that you've looked upon as mile markers to be achieved from growing the top line and then having the means to make those investments in. And I think for me, what we're working on and, and looking to improve is rewarding our team members and taking the time to reflect and, and celebrating with them our wins. Recently, lots of time is, has been invested with our head down, documenting processes and reorganizing the teams. So I feel like for us, we've been imperfect in our just reflection and, and recognition with our team members. And we're looking for ways in which we can do that um, without breaking the bank. You know, one simple thing that we saw come across that we've implemented is we utilize Slack internally for communications. And it was as simple as setting up a wins and praises Slack channel where now the team has an opportunity to communicate across the entire 17 member team, you know, congratulations to certain team members for either things that they've done and contributions they've made inside Bean Ninjas, but then also outside. Um, and then also it gives us a chance, uh, you know, to rally around those new client signings or new employee additions that we're bringing on to the team. So, I feel like for us, that's, that's really the big one. Yeah. Excellent. That sounds good. That sounds good. And it's, it, you're right. I mean, there, there is always some of those growing pains in businesses, right? So it's, um, it, it, I mean, that's honestly, that's what I love the most with building companies is, is these kind of challenges because they, they're always different and they always come in different ways in different businesses. And that's, uh, it's both interesting and fun, but it's also big time challenging at the same time. So, yeah, I think the challenge is from our perspective, it's quite unique where we're very well versed in knowing our numbers and very cognizant of discretionary expenses. And I feel like if we were running a different business, maybe we would have not looked as deeply into the financial implications of doing certain reward programs or just simply, you know, making the gesture to let people um, spend money on bonuses or uh, different, you know, incentives. So for, for us, it's just a, a bit of the balance. You know, it's trying to step back and really recognize that some of these recognition and rewards are investments in that employee retention. 
and also in their motivation to continue delivering in, against that above and beyond um, kind of guideline that we had presented in front of them. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, one, one of my favorite investments, it's, it, it's really giving bonuses, but rather than financial bonuses, actually giving the employees things they like and that helps improve their productivity. So particularly with home-based staff, I mean, we, we have majority of our staff in the Philippines, right? And uh, things like a new office chair or, you know, an upgraded laptop or an additional screen or like things like that, that, that's actually both a bonus and something they really love, but also help improve productivity are things that we have really, that, that I really love using, right? Because it's sort of, yeah, it, it works well as a, as a bonus and it also works well as actually helping them become better at what they're doing, right? Yeah, and that's so relevant. We've actually had similar discussions within our leadership team just within the last two days about opportunities within some of our team for just that. Tools that they could, you know, have provided to them that would in fact, in our opinion, increase efficiency so a conversation we'll have to have offline is where someone would go to procure those things. Um, absolutely. For sure. Right. What do you consider the biggest business risk that you guys have right now? And, and what are you trying to mitigate it? And, or like, what are you trying to, to do to, to be ready in case it happens? Yeah. So I'll, I'll share one that's near term and then another that's probably not so near term, but is on our radar. So delivering bookkeeping services, the traditional model was very paper-based and very heavy in processing transactions. And um, really the near term is in retaining top talent. I think more and more firms are getting comfortable with the accessibility and, and the freedom that's come about by delivering these services on the cloud. So there's also a considerable cost savings in to be achieved in moving to a global outsourcing model such as we have. So keeping top talent is a huge risk for us because of so many other firms entering this space and getting comfortable with moving to a fully distributed team. And not so near term, it's, it's really, um, I guess, let me step back. So, so to help mitigate that, it's really about creating a home with us where our people feel more than just part of the team, but part of our family. So we talked a little bit about getting to know your team and getting to understand a bit more of their interests outside of work. A lot of our team members have families. And once you begin to just proactively, you know, it's simple things, jotting down when they make a mention of a, a child's birthday and before that day comes, you know, just sharing with them, hey, you know, happy birthday to, uh, you know, your son this weekend. Uh, yeah. I think there, it also goes back to recognizing and, and rewarding them, you know, for their contributions and achievements but also giving them kind of a view of how they can grow within their career within your firm and not 
giving them the opportunity to develop skills that they can then just utilize as a launch pad to move to the next company. That makes a ton of sense. Very good. Okay, the next one, and this is one of my sort of favorites, and uh, I want to ask a little bit about delegation. What, what sort of your view on delegation? How do you do it? And any particular magical tips to the audience? I don't know if there's any magic, but really it's just getting clear on expectations and collaborating with that team member to help develop and understand metrics that would allow for you to monitor the performance. And it's both understanding what the baseline measurement is, but then also setting that goal, that line in the sand, some point in the future where you'd like to see things go. And then for me, it's about just checking in from time to time when the need, when the need arises um, and when there's, when there's issues. But I tend to be pretty, you know, upfront and clear around, hey, I'm looking to have you take, tackle these tasks or this job um, and then spending that time upfront. But then, you know, afterwards, really just managing by exception or, you know, when, when things get close or I uh, get to be uncomfortable about if the direction that things are headed. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. So uh, towards the end here, any particular tips, tricks, apps, solutions, anything you haven't shared with the audience yet that you think uh, people shouldn't be missing out on? Yeah, I guess my top tips go back to really get clear with your leaders on expectations. Use metrics, whether they be financial or they be, you know, count of number of times that they're having one-on-ones with their team within a given quarter. But we utilize a framework where our team managers share with us a weekly pulse report. It's heavily based in Gina Wickman's traction and work with them to identify 90-day goals and such. Uh, We, I guess, again, really another tip is around model the behavior you want your leaders and teams to be living um, and look for opportunities to observe your leaders, sit in on their team meetings, uh, learn a bit about the team members that they have within their teams and really just invest the time in having conversations with your leaders outside of things, you know, or work tasks that would be the typical topic of conversation. Um, regarding tools, we don't have any secret sauce. You know, we, we utilize Slack for internal communications um, because of the nature supporting hundreds of clients. We have, a, you know, workflows and uh, processes that we do expect to be done efficiently and those are created and managed within a tool called Sweet Process. I know there's there's others like Tranual um, that are out there that could also help do similar things. But also it was important for us being a service-based company with lots of hands working on client deliverables to have a project management system in place. We utilize Rike 
for project management. It was a great tool for our needs and at a price point that made sense for us. So we're able to create checklists that we can assign to different team members. We can have different tasks within certain client responsibilities assigned to different team members based on their skill sets. But we can also create reporting that we can manage from when there's either jobs that haven't been completed on time um, or just have a general sense that all jobs that we've set an expectation with a client to deliver actually have someone assigned to them. They have a time in which we expect for it to get done. So if it's not, we can be open with our customers to share with them that there might be delays, but also to hold people accountable. At the beginning of the week, our back office team knows exactly what's on their plate for the next few days. And we can then manage based on what's been done or what hasn't been done. And, and for workflow or staffing purposes, it also gives us a heads up when it might be time to bring in additional team members. Because often it's a hard conversation as an employee to introduce the idea that I'm, I'm feeling burnt out or I feel like I have too much on. Many of our employees, they're, they're very accommodating. They'll tend not to express feelings. Uh, they certainly want to get done the work that's assigned. And we want to make sure, much to your point earlier, that we understand if it's come to a point where they're searching because of the stresses that this work volume has put on them, uh, we'd rather know up front and bring in the help that's needed to make for it to be a happy time when you look across your next few days work volume and, and know that it's something achievable and not something you're going to stress over in your achievement or your ability to get done in time. Yep. That makes total sense. I also heard there's this, there's this one amazing service out there called Bean Ninjas that everyone should be using because that way they don't have to spend much time on their accounting going forward. So that's definitely one of the tips that I've used that uh, are very effective. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the shout out. <laughs> um, so that's, a, that's another good one. Uh, Wayne, uh, I've totally enjoyed this uh, interview and uh, I, I, I'm sure the audience will as well. So if anyone is totally desperate to get in touch with you, what's the best way of doing that? So I, I do want to say thanks so much, Mads, for having me on. I did enjoy the conversation as well. For your listeners, they can head over to BeanNinjas.com. We have available a free Zero small business toolkit. Uh, if they're not interested in, in utilizing Zero, they can also learn a bit about tips and tricks to managing your business financials, knowing your numbers, by subscribing to our Be Ninjas newsletter. It's a weekly tips and trips, tips and tricks. And then we also share out um, content and different offers along the way. Excellent. That sounds very good, Wayne. Thank you very much for joining me here on the podcast today. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.